I want, I want to talk just for a few minutes. We're in, in part two. Everybody say part two. And we started a new series last week called The Bible. Everybody say The Bible. Bible. And last week we talked about seven reasons why the Bible can be trusted, why you can trust the Word of God. And today I want to get real practical. But last week I want to give you just a, a short recap. You can go back. Everything's documented online. You can watch our YouTube channel, our app. Last week, I talked about a few things that I think are worth reminding you right about right now, and the Bible is about Jesus. Many people ask, what's the Bible about? What is, what's the whole story of the Bible? The Bible from from the pages of contents, the table of contents, all the way to the maps in the back, it's 66 books that point to Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. Y'all going to have to help me preach today. It's about Jesus. Every bit of it, the Old Testament pointing prophetically that he's coming. And then 400 years of silence, and then all of a sudden, these guys start writing about their experience with a man named Jesus, who we come to find out is the Messiah. He is the son of the living God. And because of their testimonies, you and I, through his word, we now have access to him. We now have salvation through him. And we talked about how last week the whole book applies. You don't get to cherry pick the Bible. Some of us want to pick out verses that we like, and then we, we pick out verses we don't really like. That doesn't apply to me. That just applies to my husband. <laughs> they call those spousal verses. Oh, that ain't for me. That's for my wife, for sure. Uh, that's for my kids. No, no, no. The Bible is for all of us, no matter how old you are or where you are in your walk with the Lord. It's 66 books of instruction for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, oh, me. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture, if I say all, all all scripture is is God-breathed and it's useful. It's useful for more than uh, putting on your coffee table so your neighbors think you're good people. It's better, it's, it's more useful than just carrying the church and not opening it. It's useful for your life. It says it's useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting and training in righteousness. For what? What's the Bible for? It's so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You could say it this way. The Bible is a tool to equip us for the servant work which he's called us to. This year, our mandate, it's on the walls outside and it's plastered on our building. Our mandate for this year is love all. Oh, serve all. We're going to love everybody and then we're going to serve everybody. Let me ask you, do you have the ability to serve the lost on your own? The truth is, is we need the Bible to be skilled in servant work. Paul talks about it all through the New Testament, that the gospel is the message that changes our life, and it becomes a tool that changes somebody else. The Bible, listen to this, the Bible is a tool. Next week, my wife will talk about the Bible is a weapon. I'm going to have my wife finish this series up because we like women preachers in this house. Oh, the lady said, all this Southern Baptist nonsense that women preachers, I, don't even get me started. The Bible, she's going to preach it up to next week. The Bible's a tool. It, it's a sword. And, and when you put that sword in your mouth, guess what? It can slice and dice whatever situation the enemy is trying to throw at you. The Bible is a tool. Today, I want to go back old school. Everybody say old school. And and I want you to understand that some of you, you're going to, in just a couple minutes, you're going to tune out because you're going to, in your mind, say, oh, I've already heard this before. Or you're going to lean over to your spouse and say, this is so elementary. Why did we come today? And, And I want to tell you, I'm glad you came today, but I'm not preaching to you today. Today's message is for those that are new to Christ. Today's message is for those that that just got baptized, that made a public declaration, 27 people today, that said, I'm going on with Jesus. They said, I ain't never turning back, I'm going on with Jesus. Today's message is for you that maybe haven't accepted Christ yet. And that you're saying maybe, hey, I'm here, I'm I'm hungry, I'm I'm inquisitive, I want to know more. I want to preach a message to all those that really don't know how to apply the Bible. And for some of us that do know how to do it, this is just going to be a reminder You can call it an open book test. Y'all like open book tests? I used to have the open hand test where I'd write the answers in my hand. That's how I graduated high school. Oh, right there. Yeah, it's that one right there. Today's open book test for all of you that have been schooled. But here's what I want to do at the very beginning. I want to teach you a verse. And I think we need to get back to, as a church, memorizing scripture. How many of you grew up in Sunday school? 
Let's go back to the Baptist group. Y'all, y'all grew up in Sunday school, and what they do, we had scripture memorization. Y'all remember that? And we would, in our church, we did what we called sword drills, George. You remember sword drills? All the kids would put their Bibles under the chair, and then we would say, all right, first person, Colossians 3.16, and the first person who could find it in their Bible and come up and read it, you know, they'd get like a Tootsie Roll. <laughs> Any of y'all want a Tootsie Roll this morning? Yeah. I'm just kidding. I got no Tootsie Rolls. I, I want to I have you learn a verse with me, and my prayer is that this verse would stick with you through the afternoon, through the week, through the month, and through the rest of the year. And this is it. It is Colossians 3.16. Out of the ESV, it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Say it with me. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. One more time. Let Come on, let's do it together. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Now take it down off the screen so they can't see it. Let's do it one more time. Let Oh, man, y'all are sharper than I gave you credit for. I'll say, I'm going to take it down. Let. I'm going to start with this. You have to let the Word of God into your life. You have to let the Word of God have place in your life. God will never force His, His Word upon you. God will never force himself upon you or his will or his, 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 his dreams for you. It's never going to drop it in your lap and force you to do it. You have to, as a believer, let, everybody say let, let. which means open up, receive it. You have to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Now today, I, I want to show you an illustration. Mike, would you bring me that, that cup of water there? Would you mind? Would you guys give it up for my friend, Mike? I think this is a good way to demonstrate this. This represents your soul. Everybody say my soul. What's your soul? Oh, you guys have come to church here before. You were, I'll take you back a little bit. We're a three-part being. You are first a spirit. You have a soul. And you live in this fun, fantastic body. Some of us are more fantastic than others. We, 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 we spend a lot of time on our, on our bodies. We go to the gym. We eat healthy. Or if you're like me, you don't do any of those. You eat Ben and Jerry's. When I moved to New England, I was like, I'm going to like it up here. Ben and Jerry's right here. You know, down south, we have Bluebell. And, and I'm an ice cream fan, by the way. But where was I going with that? Y'all got me off. Your soul. Your soul, you've got to let the word of Christ dwell in your soul so it'll affect your mind, your will, and your emotions. The world is telling our young people, just do whatever feels good. Whatever your truth is, live that out, brother. And it's a lie of the enemy when the Lord is saying just the opposite. Put your flesh down. Put your thoughts away. It's not your life. I chose you. You were bought with a price. You don't get to choose. And when you sign up for a following Christ, as George says, when the master says, let's go, you say, yes, sir. I pick up my cross. I follow him daily. What's our cross? What's our cross? For many of us, our cross is just what we want to do. It's the things that we want to pursue. And he's saying, lay down your agenda, lay aside your thoughts, and let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. This represents your soul. This represents the word. And guess what? Even just after a couple of dunks, just a little bit of time in the Word, all of a sudden you can see, I'm going to make a mess, it's changed it a little bit. You know, this morning when you come and you hear the Word, this is exactly what you're doing for the next 30 minutes and 20 seconds. You're taking just a little dunk. You're allowing the Holy Spirit and His Word to dwell in you for a moment. And in this time, I believe that you're going to hear something, see something, believe something, catch something by faith, and all of a sudden, you're going to leave and you're going to be like, man, I'm going home a little bit more different than I came simply by just taking a little dip. But he didn't call us to take a little dip. He's calling us to a life of full submersion where we set our life aside and we say, we're going to let the Word of God dwell in us richly so that the longer I'm in the word, the more my life changes. 
I'm going to give you some free counseling right here. We do a lot of counseling at the church, and, and this will save you a trip to my office. What does the Bible say about your situation? Many people come for counsel because they want the pastor's word for them. They want somebody to prophesy over them and declare their future. I want to tell you this. You don't need a prophecy from me or anybody else. You got 66 books of prophecy that say you're the head, not the tail. You're above and not belief. You're going over. Greater is he that lives in you than he that lives in the world. Where'd you come up with that? I got it from the Bible. I let that word dwell in me for 47 years. You want to change in your situation. You want to change in your circumstance. You want to change in your mental health. Dive in the word and dwell in it and let it dwell in you. I was thinking back about my parents. I have three brothers and a sister, and we're all rowdy. Like, we're outside kids. Recently, my eight-year-old, we were chopping some wood in the backyard, and after about three logs being split, he, he informed me, I'm all done, Dad. I said, what do you mean? We got all this wood we got to chop. He said, I got to tell you, I'm just not an outside guy. I said, oh, you an outside guy. You just don't know it yet. I'm going to lock the doors. You're going to be outside. Listen, I grew up outside. That's what my mom did when, when we got up on Saturday morning. She'd open the door one by one. She'd kick us out. And then she'd lock that screen door and she'd go clean the house. And we'd bang on the door, let us in. And she'd say, go find some sticks. Go find some rocks. Have some fun. And so we took her up on it. That's what we did. We played in the woods all day. We built forts and pretended we were warriors. And man, we were playing the creek and we'd throw mud balls at each other. And we'd ride our mini bikes all over the place. And when we came home, we were filthy, man. I mean it. Some of y'all nod your head like there's something about getting dirty, being outside, just coming home, sweating, nasty, you got like stuff in your eyes. You know, I, I would wear the goggles on the motorcycle, but I'd take them off like it was white here, but man, it was brown everywhere else, mud spread. And she said, you're not coming to the house like that. And she'd make us strip down on the patio. I'm like, mom, the neighbors are watching. She's like, I don't care. You're dragging that mud in here. And we'd take our clothes off. And then she said, the tiptoe, I got the tub running. Anybody else's mama treat you like this? And the tub was running, it was hot water, like burn your toes hot. Like she turned it on and walked away like she didn't check. And then she'd fill it with soap and, and then they would throw our toys in there. And she would say, just get in the tub and play. I'll come back and get you when dinner's ready. And we'd play for a little while and, and we'd be in there. And, and the longer we were in there, guess what? We were getting clean. I didn't have to scrub anything. I didn't have to wash anything. The soap was in the water. And the longer we stayed in the tub, the more she knew we're going to come out clean. And, and, and it would be those times like, Mom, we need to get out. She'd say, no, a little bit longer. And I'd say, Mom, we, the water's getting cold. We'll be just a little bit longer. Like she would leave us in there. I hated it. You know what? I do it to my kids now. I love it. It's like an hour break. And go get in the tub. I'll tell you when it's time to come out. Me and your mom are going to take a snooze for a minute. We're tired. But what my parents knew is they would say, just go soak in the tub. What would happen? We would soak in the tub and the dirt and the clay and the filth and the mire would just wash itself off from what? Just dwelling in that soapy water. It's the same thing with the word of God. If you're having an area of sin in your life that you continue to battle over and over, I want to tell you this, dwell richly in the word and some of that stuff will just fall off. Some of that stuff will just fall off naturally. I was talking to a gentleman and he said he quit smoking by doing this. He said, I tried to quit smoking. I tried the nicotine patch. I tried the Nicorette. I tried the hypnosis. I tried the, the needles. I've gone to therapy. He's like, man, I, I just love cigarettes. And I said, well, the Bible says with long life, he'll satisfy you. And he began to tell me scriptures that he was standing on. And he said, I, I, he said, I quit smoking by quoting the word. He said, every time I'd light up, he'd say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I know these cigarettes aren't righteous. So Lord, take the desire from me. And he'd quote more scriptures. He'd say, this body's the temple of the Lord. And I know this habit is destroying my temple. Lord, I want to honor you, but I need to get rid of this. And he said he would smoke and he'd confess scriptures. 
And he was writing scriptures and, and writing them down and memorizing them. And he was speaking them as he smoked. He said, I only smoked about three packs of cigarettes after I started that. He said, they became the most disgusting thing I ever put in my mouth. He said, he said, it was so disgusting, even light. He said, that last pack, he said, I almost did it just out of habit. Like, I'm going to burn through them. I paid for them. <laughs> yeah, he said, it was just sickening. He said, but what I was doing was I was dwelling in the scriptures, and I was confessing them. Maybe that's something in your life. Maybe there's an area or issue, a hang-up, a hurt, or a habit. I'm going to tell you this. The longer you soak in the word, you don't need a 12-step program. You can be delivered in the name of Jesus through the word in one step. I'm not against 12 steps, but what about just skipping all 12 and go to one, knowing Jesus is your deliverer? That's what I'm talking about, soaking in the word, letting the word dwell in you. And some of these things will just wash off of you. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The Williams translation says, let the message of Christ continue. Everybody say continue continually dwelling, like it's a, it's a process, it's, it's day in, it's day out, it's every day, it's morning, noon, and night, let it continue to live in you, guess what, in all its wealth and wisdom, I'd like to give you this quote right here, I'll put it on the screen, Charles Spurgeon says, some people like to read so many chapters every day, I would not dissuade them from that practice, but I would rather lay my soul a soak in a half a dozen verses, all day then rinse my hand in several chapters. Oh, to be bathed in the text of Scripture and to let it be sucked up into your very soul till it saturates your heart. When I first gave my heart back to the Lord, I, I got saved as a little kid, but some of you know my story. I ran from the Lord. I was the rowdy pastor's kid that actually was smoking cigarettes out behind the church between services. I was the guy that they were always looking for. And when they found me, they found trouble. And, and I came up from college uh, addicted to a bunch of different substances and relationships. And, and my youth pastor, a mutual friend of mine and, and Mike's, Kevin Cooley, man, he wrapped me up and just loved on me. He didn't judge me. He didn't call me out. He didn't shame me. He just said, man, come and, come and hang out. And, and the more that I was with him, the, the word became a desire in me to, to read the word because he would speak the word and share the word. And then I had this desire, I want to begin to read the Bible, but my motives were off. I wanted to read the Bible to be able to tell you, I read the Bible. You know, some people like to do things just so they can tout their accomplishment. Have you ever read the New Testament? Yeah, I've read the New Testament. Have you ever read the whole Bible? Of course I've read the whole Bible. You ever meet people like that? They got like a religious tone to them. And, and that was kind of me. Like I wanted to read for accomplishment's sake to say that I had done it. And, and then I, I had a, a lady in my life. She said to me, she said, it'd be better to know five scriptures and have them in your heart. And they plant deep seeds and drop some, drop some stuff down in there so you can grow than to have said you've read the whole Bible. That's what he's saying right here. I, I owe to be bathed in the scripture of text till it saturates your heart. I really don't care how many of you read the Bible the whole time. Let me ask you this. Did you let the Bible read you? And when you let the Bible read you, there will be scriptures that become what I call life verses. They will stand out to you and they will be like staples in your, in your foundation to hold you steady. I want to tell you this. Don't read the Bible just for accomplishment. Get in the word. Get in the Word. Read a book over and over. The book of James is a powerful book. I can't tell you how many times I've read that book, and every time I read it, I hear something different. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. So let's talk practical today. I want to get super practical. I want to get down in the weeds for a few minutes. Let's talk about getting number one. Get a translation you understand. Get a translation you like. I said this last week, you can't love Jesus but dislike his word. I love Jesus. Do you love the Bible? Eh, not so much. Then you don't love Jesus. Him and the word are the same. And I'll tell you this, when you fall in love with the word like you fell in love with Jesus, that day you gave your heart to, to him, your world turns upside down because you're reading and learning about him. You got to get a translation not only that you like, but that you understand. I, I found this on the line. There's a, three different categories of translations. And, and by the way, let me just stop right here. We, we have more translations in English than any, other, than any other language on the planet. 
Jean-Claude Noah, one of our missionaries to Chad Africa, was here in the first service. And your giving seven years ago helped translate the New Testament into this Chadian tribal language that they've never had the gospel before. Our friends in China tell us that, that, they, that they, the underground church, that they rip pages out of the Bible and they memorize them and then they give the page to their brother or their sister and that's how the gospel's going around. They love the Bible so much, they're willing to rip it apart one page at a time so they can memorize it. Me and you have no excuse. There's hundreds of translations that you can choose from that make it so easy to not only know who you are, but to know who Jesus is. Here's the first one. There's a group of translations. They're formal equivalency is what they're called. And these are word-for-word translations like the New King James, the King James, the New American Standard, or the ESV. I'll be honest with you. These aren't my favorite because I'm from South Alabama. I ain't that smart. I don't speak Elizabethan English. The King James Bible was written in 1611. And even though those words are the same, our grammar has changed. I'm going to say this to you, if you're new to faith, I'm not recommending these Bibles for you. I would actually recommend the next category, which is what they call functional equivalency. And this isn't a word-for-word translation, it's more of a thought-for-thought translation. Some of them are the NLT, the Good News, the TEV, or the NIV. The truth is, is the NIV is probably one of the best Bibles to read if you're new to faith because it's very easy to read. They grabbed scholars from all over the world and they spent a decade or more in tens and tens of thousands of hours transcribing this so that it could go to the masses. It could go to the nations. And since 1987, the NIV is the most popular sold Bible in the world. I will tell you, if you're looking for a Bible that's in that range, NIV is good. Here's the one that I really love, and this is maybe uh, um, very basic for many, but uh, what's called a paraphrase. A paraphrase translation would be the Living Bible, or my favorite, the Message Bible, and just recently, the Passion Translation. If you've been here very long, you know that I like to preach, uh, I like to teach out of the NIV, but also, I use the Message a lot, and I'll tell you why, because it's the first Bible that I read that, that really lit up the pages for me. It really lit up the pages. When I found the, the Message, um, I was looking for a translation to teach my students when I was in Louisiana. Because the kids weren't bringing their Bible and I was preaching out all these other translations and none of them were getting it. I would ask them, hey, how did that apply to your life? How are you taking this home? And they'd say, I don't, I don't, I don't even know if I know what you're talking about. My brother gave me a message Bible many years ago and I pulled that message Bible out and I began to read the book of John. And the story of Jesus came alive to me for the very first time at that level. I had pieces and bits. I grew up in church. But for me personally, I met Jesus through the the Message Bible. Eugene Peterson is the writer of the Message Bible, and he wrote it for the purpose of a men's group at his church in Baltimore, Maryland, where he was trying to get the men to recite scriptures and learn them, but they kept saying the same thing. They said, we're not smart enough. We don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. And so he began to paraphrase the book of Psalms and then the book of Proverbs and then he went the whole New Testament simply because he wanted men in his church to be able to comprehend it. Again, it's not about accomplishment, it's about comprehension. And so listen, you need to find a Bible that you comprehend. Some of you, English is your second language. Go down to a paraphrase so you can learn it easier. Don't make it difficult on yourself. Here's the thing. Get a translation that you understand and also that you enjoy reading. Everybody say, I'm going to. I'm going to get my kind. I'm going to find one and I'm going to read it. I'll give you an example because I think this is kind of funny because sometimes people say, well, what's the difference? When I do weddings and Pastor Mo does weddings, we have several staff pastors. We do quite a few weddings a year. A lot of people want to get married after COVID. They were lonely. (laughs) We want to meet somebody. And, and so we do a lot of weddings, and the number one scripture that gets requested to read at the weddings, I always ask the bride and groom, are there scriptures you want to read? And they always say, oh, you guys have been to a wedding, 1 Corinthians 13. And so I put 1 Corinthians 13 in my script, and I get up and I read it. It's the love chapter, if you're new to, the, to, the, to that, to that uh, Bible, uh, that, that verse. Uh, I, I read it, and then afterwards the bride comes and says, why'd you read that version? And I said, what? And they said, 
we don't talk like that. That sounded weird. And I'm like, well, I just picked the first version that came up on Google when I typed it in. This is what the 1 Corinthians 13 sounds like out of the King James. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity, listen to this, vaunteth not itself. It is not puffed up. Like if I didn't know what that was, that that was written in 1611, I would think they're German. Vaunteth, flippeth, loveth. Nobody, we don't talk like that. Listen to, the, listen to the same verse, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 out of the NIV, the New International. It says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. There's no vaunteth, envieth, puffeth. Like it just, it's, it's easier to read, right? Anybody else? Like it's just smoother. Now listen to it out of the, the message translation. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 says, love simply never gives up. It cares more for others than it does for itself. It doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut. It doesn't have a swelled up head. I want to tell you this. To me, for my daily Bible reading, I love the, the, the passion. I love the message. When I'm studying, I love the NLT and I love the Living Bible. And I think it's important that you get multiple translations and put them side by side. And when you're reading the Bible, look at it in the paraphrase. Because it's going to open up something that the other one didn't. And vice versa, if you're, if you're a daily reader like I am in a, in a, in a um, paraphrase, then pull out the NIV and see what it is a little bit more thought for thought. And then you really want to go deep dive, get out the other ones that go word for word. I think it's important that, again, number one, you have a Bible that's your Bible that you own, that you read. And I'll say it to you this way. I think everybody should have a leather-bound Bible. I'm not against technology, but there's something about having the book and flipping the pages. I, I'm not, let me, here, it's all good. I'm not knocking technology. I have technology. I use it. My Bible reading plans that I do, they're on this device. I'll talk about that in a minute. But I think there's something about going back to the flipping of pages. When I open my Bible to Psalms 23, man, I know where it's at. I know what side of the page it's on. There's something about having that. So if you've gotten away from the paper Bible, I want to encourage you, get back to it. Here's the second one. You've got to get not only a translation you like and love, but you've got to get a plan, and then you've got to work the plan. Some of us love the old school religious way. I'm just going to point and pray. Lord Jesus, help me today. I open your word, Lord, speak to me. <laughs> now, Lord, direct me. I need clarity for my life. Show me that scripture. <laughs> Judas went out and hung himself. <laughs> no, Lord. No, no, no. Hold on. I must have missed it, Lord. Let me flip that back. No, 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 no. You laughing because you've done it. You've done it. You've, you've got, we get lazy and we say, Lord, just lead me. No, no, no. Listen, you have to let the word in and then you personally have to develop a plan to read the word of God for yourself. I'll take one more step here and say, coming to church and hearing me share the scriptures with you is not a Bible reading plan. Well, I went to church. Yeah, I ate three meals yesterday. I'm going to eat three more today. I never said, yeah, I ate chicken last Sunday. I'm still hungry. It has to have that desire. Listen to this from the American Bible Society. They say 8.7 out of 10 households, they own a Bible. That's good news. 8.7 households in America own a Bible. The average household has three Bibles. That's a lot of word laying around. Here's the bad news. Only two out of 10 people read a little bit each day in a systematic approach. Eight, let's just roll it up to nine. Nine out of ten houses on our streets have Bibles in them, and an average house has three, but only two people out of ten are actually reading the Bible every day in a systematic order. And we wonder why our society is moving in a different direction. 
We've gotten away from the word being first. We've gotten to whatever you feel, whatever your truth is, live that out. And I want to tell you, as the church of Jesus Christ, as representations of him and the earth, we are word first people led by his spirit. I said, we are word first people. That means we go to the word before we call our mama for advice. That means we go to the word first before we call our, our finance guy to figure out what we're going to do with our money. We, we go to the word first before we choose a spouse. And all the married people said, and all the single people said, oh me. Just because it's a match online doesn't mean it's a biblical match for God. You got to let, she's fired up today. You got to let the word. She might be believing for a husband. Oh. You, you know, you, you, you got to go to the word first before you call your boys to get some opinions. I'll say it to you very clearly. We are a word first church here. We make every decision and every plan based on God's word, number one. And number two, by the inward witness of the Holy Spirit through counsel. Let me ask you, are you a word first person? Because word first people go to the word first. Get a plan. Get in the book. Joshua 1.8 says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. We'll talk about that next week. But it shall meditate. Meditate means to mutter it. You know what it sounds like when you mutter? It sounds like you're crazy. You just say the same thing over and over and over and over. You've been around crazy people. They, they talk to themselves and they nod and they, they mutter, 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 mutter. And, and, and the truth is that ain't crazy if you're muttering on the right thing. The, the, that word mutter is, is translated into meditate. And I don't know if you've heard of this, but a cow has seven stomachs. Did you guys know that? Welcome to Biology 101, everybody. A cow has seven stomachs, and he chews up the grass, and he chews it in his mouth. He's meditating on it, and then what does he do? He swallows it down. You ever heard this? You never heard this? I'm from the Midwest. We got cows down south, too. And he swallows it, and then a few minutes later, he, he vomits it up back into his mouth, and he chews on it for another 10, 12 minutes. True story. Where's all my... Agriculture people. And then guess what? He swallows it again. Am I telling the truth? And then he, and he, he swallows it again and then he coughs it up again. What's he doing? He's chewing to get every nutrient out of that grass that's humanly possible before finally swallowing it and passing it through his digestive system. Man, what if that's how we became with the Word of God? What if we chewed on it and meditated on it day in, day out, and nightly, and in the morning, the afternoon, and then before we go to bed, and this became a rhythm for us? I'm going to tell you this. This is what our life would look like. We would be contaminated with the Word even if the Word was removed. Let me tell you something, parents. When you put the Word in your kids, it dwells in them and it changes their life to look like this. And even though they may pull the tea back out and say, I don't like that church stuff anymore. At 18, it's still in them. It's the incorruptible seed. I said, it's the incorruptible seed. It will be in there forever. There's nothing they can do to uproot it. It's already been contaminated their spirit, man. Joshua's saying right here, meditate on it. Observe and do what's written therein. So then you will have your way prosperous. Any prosperous people? You want to be prosperous? I see that hand over there. Anybody else want to be prosperous? I do. That don't just talk about money. That's the favor of God on your life. That's you going somewhere to happen. That's you having blessing and provision on your job, in your neighborhood, with your kids at school. Don't minimize prosperity to just money. It means overflowing. That Zoe life, that John 10, 10 life, that I came that you might have more than enough. How do we get it? How do we get that John 10, 10 life? We let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. Here's some practical stuff. You can pull your phone out today. And, and there's a free app on here. It's called the YouVersion app. Craig Rochelle and his team, they, they give it to us for free. There's hundreds of translations and there's thousands of Bible reading plans. You know, I like it. It reminds me every day. It asked me. I start the plan. It said, do you want me to remind you tomorrow that you're reading this? I'm like, yeah, because I get lazy. 
And in the morning, it pops up and said, hey, day two of your 42-day Bible reading plan. I open it up, and I can listen to it, or I can read it. It does both. My wife, every morning, she's on a specific Bible plan to read the whole Bible this year, and she's in there curling her hair, and I can hear the Bible talking to her. What is she doing? Letting it dwell richly in her, systematically. Get a plan. Get on the YouVersion app and, and find something. or Get a study Bible. I like the Dake study Bible. Phineas Dake was a great theologian. He has a, a great Bible that when you look up like 1 Corinthians 13, over in the column, it has all these cross-references. Where that word agape, that word charity, is translated. And it says, hey, here's 35 more places where that word agape is written. And I'll flip over there, and I get there, and it says, now go over here, go back. This is where that word agape first showed up. And, and it, it puts me on a rabbit hunt. Like 45 minutes later, I just wanted to look up one verse. And man, my wife's like, what you doing up there? I'm like, I, I got caught up reading the word. Some of us get caught up in Netflix. We'll just watch one more show. It's only 2 a.m. We don't have to be at work till 6. You're laughing. You do it. I do it. People, what happened? You stay up all night? Man, I was watching that new Jack Ryan, man. I got hooked in that thing. I had to watch all nine episodes. I watched the two last two on the way to work. Like we get so caught up. What about getting involved in the Word to where it catches us up and we end up spending more time than we anticipated? Get you a study Bible. I like the John Maxwell Leadership Bible. How many businessmen we got in here? You're businessmen? You're dealing with business people? Man, get in, the, get in the John Maxwell Leadership Bible. And inside of that Bible, in each column, man, there's biblical notes that you can apply to your employees and to those that you're working with. Biblical principles on leadership. Get a, get a version that you read. Get a version you like and then get a plan. Here's the last one that, again, is so basic. Get in a group. Get in a life group and do life with other men. And other women and other young people, other married couple, other people that are going through grief, that are going through heartache, other people that have similar interests like riding motorcycles or playing golf or knitting. We have people that just, they love to knit. I don't get it. And they want to get together and knit with other people. And what are y'all doing? Y'all introverts. Why do you want to sit in a room with 12 other people and not talk? What are you knitting? Uh, socks. What are you knitting? A turtleneck. Cool. Where do you get your yarn? I mean, if you're into that thing, we have, we have groups for that. I'm just teasing. I, you know, we have groups for everybody of all interest. But here's what I can tell you. When you get in the group, it's going to be Bible-based. When you sign up for a life group at IFC, it's not just about knitting. And that may be the, the topic that gathers people. But in that group, you're going to get encouragement from the Word. Even sitting around knitting, you're going to be telling your story. And someone else is going to speak up and say, well, you know the Bible says this or that. And they're going to give you some tools. It's a guarantee if you go to our groups and sign up, you're going to get encouragement. That's the E. How about, we, we call it ESPN. The S is scripture. Every group, every time you gather, they're actually going to open the book or open their phone and share a scripture so you can go home with some word in your heart. And then you're going to get prayer. That's the P-E-S-P-N. You're going to get prayer. And what well, we're going to pray, some just, Lord, help them. No, no, we're going to pray the word. Some of you are looking just for people to get together and have prayer time with. Get in a group. We have prayer groups that meet around the clock. There's 20-something prayer groups that meet at the church. We got groups that just pray for nations. We got groups that pray for families. We got groups that pray for finances. We got groups that pray for all kinds of topics. But here's what they're doing. They're not just throwing up a hope and a wish and saying, Lord, help us. They're praying the word. They're praying from a position of authority in the word. And the last one is, is, is in. You get in a group and you'll be challenged to take another step, your next step with the Lord. And what does that next step usually look like? starts with the word. Every one of us are on a journey with the Lord, including me. None of us have arrived, and every one of us has a next step to take. Today, we celebrated a whole group of people, 27 people, that today they took their next step in publicly declaring their faith. Some of you today will take your first step by acknowledging Jesus as the Lord of your life. Every one of us has another step, and I want to tell you this. When you get in a Bible-based group, there's lots of groups you can get in. You can get online and find groups all over the place, but when you get in a Bible-based group, I'm going to tell you this. You're, you're going to be changed because the Word is first in there. 
We say it this way. We believe that circles are better than rows. It's kind of a cliche here now. We believe circles are better than rows. Today, you came on Sunday, you sit in a row, and guess what? I'm preaching the word. You're hearing it, so faith is coming into your spirit. How do you know that? Well, the word says in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you let the word in today by coming here. And, and I think that's great. I think it's important to come on Sundays. But if this is the only time you let the word in, you're going to have a hard time getting through the other six days of the week. And that's why we have groups. When we hear the, the word on a, in the rows, faith comes by hearing. But when we gather together in circles, you're looking at each other eyeball to eyeball. And at that time, iron begins to sharpen iron. Because someone brings up a scripture and someone said, man, I've never seen it that way. I always thought it meant this. And then all of a sudden, man, this is what I learned. Let me share you this. This is, a, this is a story that applies. All of a sudden, one scripture takes on a life of its own. And together you're growing in step with brothers and sisters that we're called to walk with and serve with. So my plug is October 1st. You can put it in your phone or we'll announce it here in a few weeks but October 1st is our next launch for life groups and I'm going to say this to you there's no reason everybody shouldn't be in a group oh oh I got quiet right there well you mean you don't know me I'm busy you ain't busy you're preoccupied if you're a word first person for, if you're a word first person, you make time for the word, not only on Sundays, but in the context of group. We preached about this a few weeks ago. We are a body fitly joined together, and you can't grow without us, and we can't grow without you. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that you find your meaning as the part of the body only when you're attached to the body. Remember my story about the lady with her nose got sawed off? Her nose does no good if it gets cut off. But when they put it back on, it can come back to life again. I'm calling some of you back home today. COVID took a toll on you and you went and spread out and did your thing. And some of you still at home, not even coming back. I'm calling you back home today. Your growth as a person, your growth as a saint, your growth as a servant, as a son or daughter of God is, 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 is lynched on you getting connected with others in a group based in the word. Don't everybody shout me down all at once. So here's my closing homework. Get a translation this week that you understand. Get on Amazon and buy you a Bible. If you can't afford it, come talk to one of our team. I'll buy you a Bible. It's important that you have your book for you. Allow the Lord to speak to it. Number two, you've got to get a plan that works for you. Again, the Bible is a tool that is going to equip you for the work of ministry. D.L. Moody, one of the great evangelists of our time up here in New England, he said, I never saw a useful Christian who was not a student of the Bible. Lastly, get in a, get in a God-based, word-first, small group. This fall, we're going to launch off a whole other set of groups. I want to tell you, we have a place for you. Maybe you want to lead a group. Come talk to us. Come sign up. We, we got a place for you. Maybe you're new to church. You say, man, I just want to meet some people. I just, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get connected here. And I want to meet some chicks. I hear that all the time. You're laughing. I have all single guys all the time say, man, uh, where's all the women at? And I'm like, look around, bro. There's two to one women in this church. We're looking for some more dudes. Like, come on. A group is a great place to meet somebody. I'm just being funny. But maybe you are looking for a relationship. Groups is a great place to have that. Amen? Hey, I want to end this portion of the service, and I would like to take another five minutes. You guys got five more minutes? Nobody got food on at home? You're waiting? Like, I got to get home. I want, to, I want to just take a few minutes and just talk about some changes. We are changing some things structurally here at IFC. And, and I'll tell you a little piece today, and then I'll, I'll let you know the next few weeks. But this fall, I'm going to have some nights of vision where, where I'm going to ask you to come on a separate night, and we're going to pitch some vision for the future, and we're going to pray together over that. But I want to talk to you just for a minute about a kid's world and some changes we're making up there. How many of you got kids? Let me see your hands. Okay, don't tune me out. This applies to you. You know, Kids World exists for, for a church to partner with you as parents. We, we've created those amazing classrooms and all those amazing dream teamers upstairs. They're, they're here to serve you and your families because we want to partner with you in raising kids. Many of us understand it does take a village. 
And, and in this society, it takes even more than a village. It takes a village and a Bible-based church and other people that will speak life into our kids for the 70 minutes that they're upstairs. And so I want to say this to you. We're partnering with you. We're not a babysitting service. Well, we're not a babysitting service. Kids World is not a place for you to go drop your kids off and then go do your grocery shopping. It happens. True story. People come and drop their kids and then they leave. No, no, no. We're here to partner with you, not relieve you. We're partnering with you and fusing the Word of God into these young kids' lives at an early age. And so we're restructuring because we want to make sure that all of our kids are seen and that they're safe. And over the last few months, we've, we, again, we've gone through changes coming out of COVID. We have less dream teamers serving than we do kids attending, which means the kids are starting to take over the class. I'm talking about your kids, and I'm talking about my kids. Uh, there's, there's more kids than, than they can handle up there. And so because of safety, we have now put in some ratios. And when you pull up to the class, you can see the ratios, one teacher to X amount of kids based on that age group. But, but I, w- I want you to understand, we're, we're, we're trying to make sure that our staffing isn't getting worn out. You guys see these little monitors on the side of the TV? You ever see those numbers going? How many of you don't know what those numbers are? Just raise your hand. Wave. Come on. Those little numbers. That pop up. You wondered? You're like, did I get a lottery ticket? I fr- someone's supposed to give me a ticket. I didn't get the raffle. No, it's not a raffle. That, that is a ticket number for a child that's been checked in upstairs. She's got one right here. And when, when your kid's number comes up on that, that means we need you to come get your kid because they ain't going AWOL. We've done everything we can. But sometimes you'll see 007 pop up there. That means all hands on deck. We need help. In the last few months, 007's been going, going, going. And what happens is young, uh, uh, many families that committed to serve every other week, they come here to hear the gospel, and 007 pops up because there's more kids showed up than we were ready for. So they get up and go. And what was happening is week after week after week, we got volunteers that didn't get to come and be a part of church because our staffing is down. And so again, I want you to understand our, our, our heart is to minister to everybody safely and carefully. We want them to have the attention they need. And right now we have less staff than we have kids coming. So here's what we're moving towards is we're going to begin to close classrooms based on check-in. And so if we have, you know, let's just say that classroom is a one to eight ratio for kids, one leader for every kids, and we have four leaders in there. When we hit 32 kids in that classroom, we're going to shut those doors and we're going to close that down. And we're going to ask you, just bring your kids on down here and come worship with us. We want to make sure that the classrooms aren't overrun and that they're done with decency and order. And so here's, here's what I'm asking you is be patient with our crew upstairs. Can I, can I tell you this? They volunteer their time. Nobody upstairs in the Kids World shirt is getting a paycheck from International Family Church. They serve just like everybody else in this church. We are a house of servants. And, and, and some of us have easier servant roles. Some of us, I, I'll be honest, it's difficult up there sometimes especially when there's more kids than there is leaders. So two things I'm asking from you today. Number one, be patient and be grateful. I'll I'll make it three things. Number one, be patient and grateful. And and, and number number, uh, two, come early. What happens is after 20 minutes, and maybe you don't know this, but after 20 minutes, we lock the doors upstairs to our kids' world wing for safety and security reasons. We don't want people coming and going. I don't want our kids in the classroom and some stranger just happens to walk down the hallway and stick his head in the classroom. No, 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 no. Your kids are super protected. We have armed security upstairs. We vet all of our workers through a a very rigorous process. I want you to know we love your kids enough that, that you need to come early enough. If you come late, we close the doors because we're not letting anybody in and out of the hallways. They've already started the lessons. Be patient. Here's what I ask. Today when you pick up kids, would you would you thank somebody in the kids world shirt? It's been very stressful over the last few months. Would you thank them and just say, hey, thanks for watching my kids. Thanks for putting the word in them. Thanks for praying for them. Thanks for loving on them. And then lastly, I want to ask you, would you pray? Would you consider joining our team? We are a generational church. We always have been. We always will be. Truth is, is most people come here because their kids love it. You know, I like to say it this way. we got a great kids ministry and, and the adult preaching. It's okay. But, but, but people come because their kids love it. 
which means there's more kids coming than ever. You can look around. Second service today is a little bit lighter, but here in just a few weeks as we approach the fall, the last two weeks of September, first two weeks of October, it's going to be standing room only in here because we always see a huge increase in the push of people coming to church in the fall. But what happens when people come? They bring their kiddos with them which means we're going to be busting at the seams upstairs. So my unashamed ask, I'm giving you a big ask today, is would you consider serving with our Kids World team? They serve every other week. Every other week, it's not a huge commitment. And I'm going to tell you this, it's probably one of the most rewarding places to serve in the church. Sometimes it's not rewarding to be on the worship team because they're up here jamming and you guys are standing here doing this not that rewarding. Sometimes I preach and I don't feel rewarded. But I'm going to tell you this, man, when those kids come in and the joy and they, and they enter that classroom and they start singing and jumping, man, I, I've, and I've done it and I'll continue to do it. It's just rewarding. I leave and I'm like, oh, I made a huge impact today. And I want to say this, we need, we, need, um, we need your help. There's a lot of single moms that bring their kids here. I'm looking for some men to step up and be a dad for them while they're here. If you're, if, you're a single, if you're a single parent, I want you to know when your kids get dropped off at Kids World, they're getting outside influence, but we're agreeing with how you're raising your kids. And again, I want to just say we're partnering with you. Last but not least, today at 1230, right after this service, upstairs in our cafe, we're not serving coffee today. There's a Kids World training. We're going to serve lunch. Miss Erin Friedrich and her team, they're rolling out a whole bunch of new policies and procedures today. If you say, man, that's me, I want to go, go up there and just tell them right after service. Or maybe you can't go to those Kids World class today, but you want to sign up and serve. Go upstairs to the Kids World guest services table and let them know and say, hey, I want in. I want to bless some kids. Amen? Would you stand with me? Father God, I thank you for our time together. I thank you that we declare we are word first people. Lord, we're led by your spirit. I pray for those today that are making fresh commitments to get a biblical plan, to get a Bible plan and to set in in motion a new relationship with you through the word. Lord, I pray that as we go today and we open our Bibles this week, that Psalm 119, 105 actually happens in our living rooms, in our cars and in our workplace, that the light of the gospel becomes a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Lord, we desire as a church and we commit to keep your word first in everything we say and do. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you guys.